Good morning. I have had a great morning. I've met a number of wonderful guests and visitors, and we have a lawyer here from Philadelphia, so I don't know why. I'm feeling good this morning. Uh, anyhow, good to have you here today. Uh, if I have to sit down and take a nap during the sermon, it's because I'm worn out. I'm not used to staying up late, and I got home late. I've been camping for two days up in Idlewild. You know where Idlewild is? Well, right now, uh, the 24 hours of adrenaline is going on at Idlewild. You all know about that, right? Come on, Jill. It's a mountain bike race, and they race for 24 hours. And my kids were up there. They also have an eight-hour version. And uh, my kids were up there yesterday racing. I uh, have to brag a little. My oldest, uh, middle son came in fourth, so he did well. I didn't race this time, and I'm thankful for that, but I feel like I did. Because my job as grandpa was daycare for an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old, chasing them all over the San Jacinto Mountains. And then some other friends showed up with two 6-year-old boys, and I somehow ended up with them. And uh, you can understand, you know, like, where are these kids? They're out in the woods, and I don't know where they are, and their parents are going to, you know. Uh. So anyhow, I'm back safe and sound. I think they're going to get off the mountain safe and sound today. But um, that's, that's been my story for the last two days. It was really good. It was also good to get home and get a shower. Uh, but I uh, hope you've had a good week as well. A couple of things I just want to highlight. Pastor Eddie mentioned these, but Class 101 is a great opportunity to get to know about First Baptist, so I hope you can attend that if you're interested in membership. And then also the Good Sense course is really something that I think anybody with good sense should go through. And if you have not been through some sort of Christian-based financial planning course, this is not a course about giving. It's not a course that sells you something. It's about how God helps you uh, and instructs you to manage your money. Joyce and I have been through it a lot. We've been through other versions of it. And uh, I really do, you just should put it down in your mind, uh, I need to go through that course. So sign up and be here Wednesday if you can be. And uh, if not, we're going to repeat the course again. But this is just something that's kind of a basic thing that I think every member of First Baptist should be a part of. So let me encourage you to uh, consider good sense. And then the men's breakfast. Men, how many of you are going to be with us for breakfast? Pastor Eddie promised not to cook. So that should help out. Dan will help out, so that should uh, get some more folks. Anyhow, think about that. 8 o'clock, it'll be fun to hear Tony and what he has to say. Um, I hope you found your outline in the bulletin. Uh, We're going to start this series on generosity. And I've got an outline here. And also, we have this book available written by Gordon McDonald, one of the leading Christian writers today. And he's put a little devotional together. You can go through this in four weeks by reading like four minutes a day or something. And uh, we're trying to be generous, so we were going to give the book away, and I thought, you know, if anything free, people just grab it and they never look at it again. So we're going to charge you $2. And your $2 payment on this is really a promise I'm going to read the book. So don't buy it if you're not going to read it, but I really would encourage you to go through this book in the next few weeks. Some of our small groups are going through it as well, and uh, I've been going through it. I've read the book, and I'm now reading it daily as it's suggested. So encourage you to pick up a generosity book at the information table afterwards. It's $2. If that's not possible for you, you can, you know, we'll, we'll help you out with that. So I want everybody to have a generosity book. Um, the book, on the title of the book, it says, Generosity, Moving Toward Life That is Truly Life. And uh, I'm looking forward to this series. It'll be four weeks. We're going to end it on May 17th. By the way, when is Mother's Day this year? May 10th. The women said that. You got that? Guys, when is Mother's Day this year? May 10th. Good idea. I'm just trying to help you out here. It's free. And, you know, call your mom. Hopefully she's still with you. 
and uh, you can celebrate Mother's Day on the 10th. On the 17th, we're going to have a pot, I like to call it a pot faith feast. You know, churches have potluck dinners. I don't believe in luck, so I call it a pot faith feast. Eddie said that's not a good title, so he's not here. I can say what I want. Uh, we're going to have this international luncheon, and we're going to meet in the park. It'll be great weather. And so on the 17th, four weeks to wrap up this series, plan to bring a dish that represents your ethnic background. So, you know, I, I don't know what, the, I'll probably bring hot dogs. I don't know what that means. But uh, anyhow, bring a little bit of food, and there'll be instructions in the bulletin coming up. That's, that's a month away. You don't have to worry about it. But plan to be here on the 17th after church. We're just going to hang out in the park, have lunch together. No other agenda. So, sound good? All right. Thank you. Um, this title, Generosity, is really based on a scripture verse. And I want to read that verse to you. It's based on the verse of Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's encouraging him, and he gives him these instructions. And I'm not preaching from this text, but it's the foundation of this book. Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich. Now, let me stop there. How many of you have eaten in the last 24 hours? Okay. How many of you slept in a bed last night? Okay. Roof over your head? Not a pop-up trailer, right? I mean, a real, real bed. You know, compared to most of the world, you and I are affluent. We would be considered rich. So I hope you don't resist me saying that. Because when Paul says this, we say, well, the rich, I'm not rich. You know, he's not talking to me. He's talking to you and me. He's talking to the church. He's talking to Timothy. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth. <laughs> we should learn that lesson the past six months, huh? Don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. No amens? Uh. Ted, are these folks with me today? Or? Oh, okay. Uh, not to put their hope in, in uh, wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Thank you. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Sounds like kindergarten now, doesn't it? Caleb, share with your brother. Boys, share. Um, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation. Your treasure there is not going to go down 40 or 60 percent. Lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. And what this generosity series is about is taking hold of life that's truly life, the, God, the life God wants for you. So I'm excited about the, the generosity series. And if you want to follow along in the notes that I have for you, uh, I want to begin with God. We just concluded a series called Looking Up in Down Times. We're actually going to keep looking up because church and worship together is really, ultimately, it's about our worship of God. It's about looking up to God for instruction and for guidance in our lives. So as we look up this morning, we begin with God. And if I asked you, and I have done this many times, I've asked you, you know, if how would you describe God if you only had one word or two words? How would you tell someone who knows nothing about the God you in whom you believe how would you describe your God? What would you say? Probably you would not begin with the word generous. We generally say God is love, which is, of course, a great answer. But this morning we're talking about generosity, and what I want to say is God is the first and most generous giver. 
And I want to start at the very first page of the Bible, which is Genesis chapter 1, where we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then at the end of that chapter, after God had created the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fish in the sea and the air and the birds in the air and the creatures on the ground and then finally human beings, after all of creation, we know that God rested on the seventh day, the Sabbath, and God said, what about creation? Eh, it's so-so. I better start over. They said, it's very good. Now, that's God's statement on God's creation. It's very good, and God's creation is very good. Now, sometimes a question is asked, and this is a theological question, why did God create? And sometimes someone, some folks have said, well, God was in need, or God was lonely. So God created you and me and the earth, or maybe God was bored and needed something to do. But the answer where Christians land is none of those. God created out of God's own love. God is love, and God is generous, and God created. God didn't have to create. God didn't need to create. God created. God created good, and God created beauty. Now, one of the things I hope to say, and if you'd like to jot this down, jot it down, I want to say this over and over today. God is good, God is giving, and God is generous. In fact, let's say it together. God is good, God is giving, and God is generous. But, as you know, um, well, I want to read the scripture back to Timothy 4.4. 4, for everything God created is good, and it's for our enjoyment, the Bible says. Now, as you know, in Genesis 1 and 2, the story of creation is told. By Genesis 3, we have a problem. Creation cracks. There's the story of Adam and Eve's disobedience. Sin, evil, comes into the world. So the creation is marred. There's something wrong. Something's not right. And you know the story. Um, but that story leads us to the most famous verse in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. And I'd like for us to read this together on the screen. Uh, shall we read John 3:16? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God gave, that's what I'm underscoring, God gave his most precious, God gave his one and only Son. God is the first and most generous giver. So as we begin the conversation about generosity, we're looking up to God, and our generosity is based on the fact that God is a generous God. Now, one of the uh, more well-read and known evangelical scholars today is a man named N.T. Wright. He's an Englishman, he's an Anglican bishop, and a scholar, professor, done lots of things. And he says one of the missions of the church, we think of the mission of the church is to go out and evangelize, the mission is to serve the poor, the mission is to serve lots, and, you, and those are true. But he's added something to the mission of the church that I, I've never read before anywhere else, and he said the mission of the church is beauty. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Beauty. And he goes on to say part of the role of the life of the church in the past, in history, and could and should be again, is to foster and sustain lives of, of, of beauty and aesthetic at every level. That we should be about beauty, because God created a beautiful world. Interesting, isn't it? And so as you think of generosity, think of beauty, and think of beauty and generosity are all of God. They're from God, and we, that's a part of our mission. Now, as a generous God, the Lord created beauty, and I, I put it like this. Sunsets and seashores speak of God's generosity. Pine trees and porcupines 
speak of God's generosity. Whales and walruses speak of God's generosity. Um, moles and molecules and mountains all speak of God's generous spirit. God is a good God, God is a giving God, and God is a generous God. And as a generous God, God is the first and most generous giver. Now, where does this lead us? Well, I think it's fair to say this kind of thinking leads us to the, to the statement, how can I be most like God? Well, I can be most like God by being a person who gives. And so we are most like God when we give. Did you ever think of that? If you thought, I really want to do something like God would do it, then be generous. Be giving. Look at this scripture for me. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and I actually had several scriptures here. I'm only going to give you one because I said it's just going to get too long if I read all these scriptures. More could be given. The Bible says this. In fact, let's uh, read this together if you would. You ready? For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that out of his poverty you might become rich. Now, a couple of words I'm underlining. You know the generous act of our Lord Jesus, generosity. This scripture in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is all about money. Paul is writing to churches and he's talking about giving money. And it's the greatest section in the Bible on giving money. In the middle of that, isn't it interesting that he raises up and he says, Jesus was rich, but he became poor. When did Jesus become poor? Did he cash in all his stocks and bonds and give them away? No. He left heaven and came to earth. That's his becoming poor. And, and the, Paul says here, he did that so that out of Jesus' poverty, meaning not that Jesus was broke, although he said he was broke at one time, but that rather that as his coming to earth, he, he was impoverished here. And out of that incarnation, coming to earth, we become rich. And so out of, out of God's generosity, we are becoming rich. And he wants us to be rich. And uh, that feels good. Now, we've seen that so far God is a generous God. He is the first and most generous giver. God is good. God is giving. God is generous. That's God's nature. That's the God in whom we believe. And if we're going to be like God, we're going to what? We're going to be generous. A number of years ago when we were living in Chicago, uh, in graduate school, we lived in the inner city, and uh, it was Joyce's birthday coming up. And we couldn't afford to go see her mom. It wasn't a good time of year to go and so forth. And so her mom lived 500 miles away in the Ozarks of Missouri. And so I arranged uh, a surprise, and I set it up with my mother-in-law. Uh, we're going to go to Kansas City. You can get on the train. You can take the train to Chicago. I'll pick you up at the station, and uh, we'll surprise Joyce. Don't tell her about this. So she kept it on the down low. And on a, it was a Sunday afternoon, if I recall correctly. And I told Joyce, i got to run an errand. So I left the house. And uh, went to the station, picked up my mother-in-law, brought her to the house. And instead of parking in the garage, parked out front of that old gray flat building. Went up the stairs to the first floor flat where we lived. And uh, we came in the front door, and I told my mother-in-law, wait in the foyer here, and let me see where Joyce is. And she's back in the kitchen. So I said, come on in. And my mother-in-law comes in, and she's walking down the, through the living room and then the family room, or the dining room, rather. And then kind of down this little narrow hallway to the kitchen. And I said, Joyce, somebody's here to see you. So Joyce like, yeah, okay, and she comes, starts down the hallway and sees her mom standing there. 
Well, you can imagine how both of them, you know, they hug each other. And, oh, what are you doing here? She says, what are you doing here? Oh, my goodness. And lots of noise and joyous sounds, and they hug each other. Now, how did they feel? They felt great. They were happy to see each other. How did I feel? Well, I felt great because I'd set this up. It worked perfectly. It's a surprise. And so that felt good. And when you do good things, you feel good. You don't do it for that reason, but there is a um, dimension to generosity. When you're generous, you feel better for it. Now, it's pretty easy to be generous in this situation, isn't it? I mean, you've been generous. I've been generous. We all have a dimension of generosity, right? I mean, surely all of us could give at least one or two examples of when we were generous. So here's the here's the problem. Check it out. What's what's the other side of this? Are there any other times? Are there any times when you are not generous? What would we call that? Being stingy, being uh, grabbing on. In fact, I'd like to. Uh, ask you to do something. Get your hands out, would you? Your hands, yeah. I don't know if they're in your pockets or where. Okay. Now, hold your hands out however you're comfortable, and I'd like you to make a fist. Now, the fist can mean lots of things, but let's, in this case, let's let's say it means holding on, it means grabbing, it means grasping, it means hanging on to. Uh, just Just make that fist and think about your fist. Now, there are times in our lives when we just hang on, don't we? We're stingy. And I'm not talking just about money. We may be stingy in attitude. We're not gracious towards the person. We don't cut them any slack. We don't show them mercy. We don't show them grace. We assume we knew or know why they're doing what they're doing. So we just judge them. We're critical. We're uh, narrow in our thinking about that person. We just are not very nice in how we think about them because we've already judged them, right? So we're kind of like this. Or when it comes to our own possessions, maybe you don't share well even though you're 109. And you just hang on to your stuff because you really think you're going to take it with you or something. I don't know what you think. So you hang on. Maybe you're afraid. You really think you're going to end up homeless. I don't know what you think, but a lot of us live like this a lot of the time. Do we not? Just hanging on. So that's the problem when we talk about generosity. When I'm like this, am I like God? No. Because God is good, God is giving, and God is generous. Now... Let's go to the next scripture or the next statement. God's spirit transforms the greedy to the generous. We've talked about God being generous. That's the foundation of everything we're saying. Our God is a generous God. That's why we ought to be, can be generous. But here's, here's the trouble. There's trouble in this problem, and the trouble is Genesis chapter 3. Um, let's look at a couple scriptures in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the spirit is goodness. Now, I want to pause there, and I can't develop this theme, but the word goodness is the word generosity, the same word in many places in the Bible. You never thought about that, did you? Goodness and generosity, as Scripture generally speaks of it, are the same thing. Goodness, generosity. God says one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life, and there are several that are listed, one of them is goodness or generosity. So the more I'm growing as a follower of Christ, the more generous, the more good I'm going to become if I'm truly a follower of Christ. I will become a generous person. Now, another scripture in Romans chapter 5. Um, let's put this on the screen. Who would stand up and, and uh, read this scripture for me? Or just read it sitting down loudly. I don't care. I'm going to wait.
Hope does not disappoint us, for God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Now, the truth of the matter is, we all have, from our personality, our upbringing, our background, our parents, we all have uh, certain ways of coming at life, and you may or may not be generous in some dimensions. We're not talking about that now. The Bible says when you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus doesn't personally escort you around. Jesus isn't even here this morning. If he was here, then he couldn't be over at the Presbyterian Church. He wouldn't want to be there anyhow, right? I didn't say that. No. I was baptized Presbyterian. You get the point. Jesus physically could only be in one place at one time. When Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send the Spirit. God's Spirit is here, and God's Spirit is given to all who have faith in Jesus. So you have the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not a lesson on the Holy Spirit, but quite frankly, God doesn't give you an eighth of the Holy Spirit, and if you're good, he's going to give you another eighth, and maybe you'll someday have all the Spirit. You have all of God's Spirit right now, right? Yes, that's what we believe. You have the fullness of the Spirit. The question is whether or not you're listening and the Spirit has all of you. That's the question. Now, I, I got this glass because it's just a simple way to demonstrate. He says God's poured his love into our hearts. So I'm not going to run this over on the floor, but I could. God fills you up. God pours his spirit into you when you become a follower of Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. You have this supernatural ability to be guided by God because God gives you the spirit. I was also thirsty. Um, so God gives you this spirit, and that's where this first word in the generosity series is transformation. Because you and I need transformation. I'm not talking to you this morning about doing better. I'm going to try harder, Pastor. I'm talking about letting God change you from the inside out. God puts his spirit in you, and you become more generous because God is at work in your heart, changing it and filling your heart with his spirit so that you can then be a genera- uh, generous person. Uh, my grandkids messed me up for this sermon because I called them and said, I need a transformer. Does anybody know what a transformer is? I'm not talking about an electrical device. The moms know. Okay. A transformer is the coolest toy in the world. Part of what's wrong with me is I grew up without transformers. Uh, they didn't have them back in the day. But a transformer is, you, for example, and anyhow, the long story, the short story is, Caleb said, well, my mom threw them all away. Uh, Shannon's a great house cleaner, so they've outgrown their transformers. But I've bought a lot of transformers over my time. And a transformer is like a car, a little toy car that the boys play with. And then you can switch this car around, and I have great difficulty doing these on the more complicated ones, but you can switch them around and they become like a man or a monster or something else. It transforms from one thing to another. It shifts. And they're great little toys. Now, you learned something today, didn't you? Go to Target and buy one. Play with it. It's fun. Anyhow, that's what God does. When he comes into our heart, he transforms or changes us to become generous, to become good. And what we want to emphasize as God is generous and good, it's not just about saying, I'm going to try harder. It's about saying, Lord, change me. Transform my heart so that I can become generous. Now, I'd like to uh, ask you how generous you are. You got this piece of paper? A little wave offering here? Uh Uh-huh, great. On the back of that paper, it says, so how generous are you? And I've already done this on mine. I think I'll put it in my pocket. Um, I'd like you to put a line on that. There's a chart there. On the left side, the number one would be, I'm greedy, I'm hoarding, and I'm critical. And then on the far other side is, of course, I'm generous, open, and affirming. Put a line where you think you really are. Just draw a straight line on that uh, 
linear chart here and say, where are you? And then put a second line, I hope to the right, but put a second line up and down with a circle around it about where you'd like to be. In other words, I think I'm about this generous or I'm this stingy, but I would like to make progress here. Just kind of chart, how would you like to move down the line, hopefully from left to right? Now, in the, in the Bible, there's a story about a man named Zacchaeus. And I'm going to put the scripture up here. You know the story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He climbed up in a tree. And Jesus came by and said, I'm going to have dinner at your house. And he did. And something happened in Zacchaeus' heart so that he stood up in the middle of dinner and decided to give us a lot of his money away. Now, it could be that you go out of here and you say, Steve, I'm going to be more generous. So you do a generous deed. You have a generous act. Does a generous act mean you're a generous person? Maybe so, maybe not. Anybody can be generous, or most anybody can be generous in an action. And it could be that Zacchaeus was there at dinner, and Jesus was there, and Zacchaeus really was excited. Man, I can't believe my good fortune. Jesus is in my house. So he makes this great statement. It'd be like one of you standing up and saying, Steve, I know uh, churches can always use money, and today I'm writing a check for, and you state this vast amount of money. And everybody applauds and says, wow, she's special. Now, it could be Zacchaeus wanted to impress Jesus and the twelve, so he stood up and made this grandiose statement, and then never did it. It's possible, right? So it sounded generous, but it really wasn't. Now, here's the deal. I don't think the story would be here, because Luke wouldn't tell us about this guy that was like a shill, I think the story's there because Zacchaeus actually went out and did this. And they could see the results. So Zacchaeus said, I've cheated people, I've been uh, hoarding, I've been greedy, I've been stingy, I've been like this all my life, and now I'm going to be like this. And he just stood up and made this outlandish statement of generosity. How? What happened there? Jesus touched his heart. Something happened on the inside which produced an outside result. I think Zacchaeus became a generous man. And it'll be great to meet him in heaven. Now, we all do something generous at times, but the question is, are we really generous in spirit? I was reading through the Psalms, I've been reading through the Psalms, and I was interested in Psalm 51, the great Psalm of David's repentance over sin. He keeps asking God to change his heart, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. God, change my heart. And it's interesting in that Psalm of uh, confession, he talks about his heart. It's an inside-out job. And isn't that what we want? A new heart, a different heart. Jeremiah said God takes the stony heart and he puts a, a malleable heart, a soft heart in us, a new heart. And this morning as we begin this opportunity to think about generosity and to become more generous like God, it's a, it's a great time to realize our God is good, our God is giving, our God is generous. In fact, God is the first and most generous giver of all. And as we become like God, as God's Spirit works in us, we too can become generous people. God is good. Now, I'd like, to, I'd like you to have your hands out again. You don't have to lift them up. You can put them in your lap, however you'd like to do it. But I'd like you to make that fist and practice. Uh, this, is, this stands for grasping. It stands for hoarding. It stands for hanging on. It stands for... You know, I'm going to do it my way. It's a lack of faith, actually. And the open hand, when we worship, is really not only an openness to God, but it's a letting go. It's a release. It's a sign of trust and faith. I remind you, Jesus said, I take care of the sparrows. I take care of the birds. I know how many there are. 
Can't I take care of you? Why do you worry when your Father knows all these things you need? And so we're going to read a prayer to conclude this. And uh, what I want you to do, and you can do it during the prayer, is just kind of clench your fist and then open your hand as a sign of, Lord, I'm trusting you. I want to be generous. So let's read this, and let's begin with... uh, Let's begin with our hands open, and the question is, will you choose generosity? Shall we read? I open my heart to God's love. I desire to see the world as Jesus sees the world. I invite the Spirit of God to transform me from the inside out. I choose to be generous in word, generous in deed, generous in attitude, and generous in spirit. Today, I choose to be like God. I choose generosity. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you as you've chosen generosity. Jonathan, I'd like to invite you uh, up to our platform this morning. By the way, earlier we sang that song Ted had for us, O Lord, uh, Your Love, O Lord. And in, in the song were these lines, Jesus, You have called us, freely we have received, and now freely we will give. And there are lots of ways to give. We generally, sitting in church, we think about giving, we think of money. But there are, it's so much bigger than that. And uh, we've got lots of wonderful couples in our church, among them Jonathan and Antonia. And why don't you grab that mic? I'm sorry. Um, and Antonia is not here. And I guess the first question will be, Jonathan, is uh, where's Antonia? Well, we were running yesterday, and she took a little spill and twisted her ankle. So she's resting at home with an ice pack right now. And the moral of the story is don't exercise, right? No. <laughs> Some would say, so. okay, so she hurt her ankle. Yeah. yeah. So she's hoping to get it all set before we... Yeah. And uh, she's getting ready to take off, I think you told me, on Thursday. That's right. Where is she going? She's going back to her native country of Croatia, where she is going to be teaching a course at a seminary there in the capital city of Zagreb in uh, medieval Reformation history. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Antonia, she has recently graduated with a Ph.D. and uh, hopes to be teaching and is going to do that in Croatia, so going for this course. How long will she be there? About a month in total. About a month. And you're going a little bit as well. Tell us about that. I'll be going over in, in about two weeks after that, so I'll spend about two weeks over there with her. Yeah. I'd like to ask uh, Dan and all of our board members, if you would come forward right now. We want to pray for Jonathan and, and Antonia in absentia. We'll pray, first of all, for her healing, and we also want to be praying for them as this couple goes. She'll be gone a month. Jonathan will be gone a couple weeks. And we really see them as going out from the church, as it talks about in Acts 13. We pray the Holy Spirit upon them to just work out all the travel details, but even more importantly than that, to give strength for the journey and opportunities to witness and to serve others and for uh, the hand upon Antonia as she teaches and Jonathan as he is there encouraging her and uh, ministering in other ways. So uh, we want to pray for you now. And uh, let me have the mic, and if anybody on the board would just like to lift up a prayer, a short prayer, then I'll conclude. So who would, who would like to start? Uh, Dan, thanks. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for the gift, all the gifts you give to us, for our yes, friends sir. and family and our church family. And we lift up those that are due specially in the ministry, who reach out and to travel and go forth. We pray that you will watch over them, guide them, and bring them back safely to us. Amen. I ask in Jesus' name. And Father, we do pray that as uh, Antonia is teaching that uh, you would actually be uh, speaking through her 
even though it may be a, some people may think of the uh, subject of uh, history as archaic, we know that you can speak through history. And I pray that as she's teaching these uh, uh, men and women in the seminary, that it would be something from you as much as uh, something from uh, the history books. Be with Jonathan as well as he supports her both here and in uh, uh, two weeks as he goes. And, Father, we just ask for your blessing on Jonathan and Antonia. As they do travel, give them traveling mercies. Pray that they would be able to spend a little time with her family, bless them, and watch over each one of them. We are so grateful for their their ministry here in our church. Uh, Thank you for um, their years with us. And we just, again, ask for your blessing on their travels and on their trip and on their ministry there. In Jesus' name, amen. And, Lord... We continue to pray for them, and uh, perhaps the most generous act anybody could do is to give their life for another. And Jesus, you gave your life for us. You became poor so that out of your poverty we might become rich. And Jonathan and Antonia want to serve you, and they, they are giving their lives in service of you. And we thank you. And we continue to pray, and we will pray throughout this month for them as they serve you, that you might bless the ministry, that you might provide for all that will be needed. And uh, we lift them up. Lord, I especially pray your touch on Antonia's ankle right now, that you heal that quickly so she can be strong and able to go forth and just to walk well. And uh, bless her even now as she's at home. Thank you for Jonathan and his willingness to support her and to also serve in Croatia. We lift up that country to you, Lord, one of the areas of the world that has gone through lots of turmoil and trouble. And we, we pray for that nation. We pray for all those who know Jesus there. And we pray that many more would come to know Christ. Help Antonia as she equips leaders and and trains them so that they might better serve you. Just touch her and even uh, bless this ministry like you bless the loaves and fishes. And we will do our part to pray for them. Thank you again for the privilege of being a part of this ministry of Jonathan and Antonia. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.